0: and if you've just tuned in this is the one two three show and i told you that yesterday was international tea day and for a drink that we take for granted sometimes i don't think we're actually completely aware of how much of a role it plays in our life whether it be to relieve stress, or stress or contemplate on life's issues celebrate with family or as a health remedy Tea is part of our life and often a calming solution at good times and bad. In 2018, global consumption of tea amounted to about 273 billion litres and is forecasted to reach 297 billion litres by 2021. Believe me, majority of that was probably mine. So I think it's about time we shifted through the leaves to find out just a little bit more about it. My guest in the studio, Studio, has an adventurous has had an adventurous journey learning about tea, and she's in the studio to tell me all about it. Let me welcome my tea mover and shaker, um, Mona Juned Nuwala. Good afternoon to you.
1: Hi, hi everybody.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. And you know what? I again, this is this was always happening to me. I just bump into people, <laughs> and then I just think, oh, that'd be really interesting. Would you like to come on the show? So I bumped into you yesterday for the first time. Yes. And here we are and we knew about the tea thing so now tell me how did your interest in tea start? Um, so actually I'm born and raised
1: in Hong Kong and so I've been drinking tea since young I'm also um, ethnically Indian so whether it's you know Chinese tea at yum cha or chai at home mm-hmm. um, I've been kind of around tea all my life but it was only up until about 2013 uh-huh. that I started to drink tea on a more serious basis Um, that's when I began working at a craft tea company in the States. Um, And actually, I just sort of fell upon it by accident. Um, And it's kind of one of the best accidents that's happened to me so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And through that internship and job, um, I basically got to try all kinds of different teas from different parts of the world, lots of different blends as well. Um, And so I kind of discovered that there's so many different kinds of tea that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. And I was really, really amazed by how what just one plant could could turn into so many different flavours, you know. You can get green tea, white tea, oolong tea, black tea, puar tea, all from one plant called oh. the Camellia sinensis. Oh right. Gosh. So I was fascinated by that and I just really wanted to explore more.
0: Okay. Well I think you know the whole concept of tea, obviously when you come when you come when when you're in China, um and certainly in India there are certain, you know, we're kind of, I suppose, limited to certain types. Certainly in the UK, you kind of have your tea bags and you just have a cup of tea and it can be weak or strong. And that's about the only kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, distinction between them. But as you said, there's just a huge number of types of teas and yep. obviously flavors there. So it must have been quite a, a whole field of, of information for you. So how, how did you start and what was your internship like?
1: Um, Yeah, so with tea, it's kind of like a lifelong journey of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll never know everything there is to know about tea, and that's kind of the fun thing about it, that you're always learning new things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the internship was good for me to kind of get a base foundational understanding about tea, which is that, as I mentioned, you have the one plant, and based on how you process the leaf, You can produce several different kinds of tea okay and so there's various flavor profiles like you can get a savory green tea you could have a floral and kind of sweet oolong tea Um, you can have a malty creamy black tea all from the one plant Um, and that was kind of my theoretical understanding of tea which i gained from the internship um, because i also got to try different teas on a on a day-to-day basis
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and then basically i actually moved back to hong kong Uh, because I wanted to be closer to the tea farms, um, and I love living in Asia. Mm -hmm. And so I decided um, to volunteer at a white tea farm. Mm -hmm. And I was a bit nervous because I didn't know anything about the tea farm. It was online on a um, platform, voluntary volunteering platform. So I kind of took a leap of faith. I went by myself, um, and it turned out to be really, really really beautiful farm and a really awesome learning opportunity
0: because we see lots of pictures of the farms and the kind of layers that are made to uh, teas growing but you know for someone who is not familiar with obviously you've got a huge knowledge there but tell me a little bit about the whole process of teas like you know we just kind of see the leaves and we see plants Mm -hmm. and we think oh they're just going to pick those and let those dry and Mm -hmm. then they're going to make them into whatever but that's quite it's quite a major process isn't it?
1: Um, so, depending on the kind of tea, there's various processes or treatments that are applied to the leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, white tea, um, it, what you just mentioned about picking the leaf and just drying it, that actually essentially is white tea. Right. Um, and that's why when you look at the leaves of white tea, it's very true to the natural form of the leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at oolong tea or black tea, for example, there's a lot more steps involved. Um, for oolong tea, for example, it's about a two-day process. Once the tea leaves are picked, they need to wither the leaves um, just out under the sun and also indoor. And then once the leaves have reached the right um, moisture content and the right kind of aroma, they will then go ahead and fry them to s- fry. Yes, so okay. fry them sometimes over a walk if it's a traditional so dry is that
0: would be just applying a dry walk so no
1: oils or anything um, but just to apply a high um, degree of heat okay and that essentially stops the oxidation process okay and uh that usually occurs at about two two a.m um at least least for oolong tea Uh um so at once it's oolong season people pretty much don't sleep uh while the tea is being made but after it's um fried and the next day, they will go into the rolling process. Um, and that usually takes about a day. It's a very hands-on mm-hmm. process. They essentially take the leaves and throw it into a cloth bag, very heavy cloth bag maybe 18 kgs of tea. Wow. And then they uh, continuously apply heat to those leaves and also...
0: Um, put it under a rolling machine. Okay. Is this all quite done quite manually? There's no massive kind of manufacturing uh, units here.
1: There are, um, so I've seen different, um, how to say, like different methods of achieving the same goal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the farms that I work with tend to be more handcrafted, and so the process that I was just explaining is more the traditional handcrafted method. So it's very um, hands on, labor intensive. Um, but there are definitely machine-automated versions of those. But, of course, the quality will be much different. So with handmade tea, the quality is much higher. It just takes a lot more dedication. Naturally, it would
0: be that you're yeah. doing it all by hand. That's yeah. right. So the whole process is then, I mean, it can vary, as you said, that the the, the leaves that we are talking about, that if you leave them like that. But this whole oolong thing, how many days is that then in total?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you pick the tea leaves in the morning, it should be ready the day after, well, in the evening, but then you still have to roast it. Okay. And that can take some time as well. So maybe two or three or four days. Wow. For oolong tea, I'm just speaking.
0: So in your internship, do you, you were actually out there and you were picking these, and did you did you follow the whole process and you were doing each stage of it, were you?
1: Um, yeah, so
0: during the, the volunteering
1: um, position, which I had in Fujian, um, basically, I was stationed at a white tea farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day I would wake up, I would have breakfast with the tea workers, and then everybody would go off and do their own thing. Different, um, different kinds of work. And usually I would work alongside the, the women of the tea farm who um, were in charge of kind of taking care of the tea leaves once they were brought in. So for white tea, it's very important to scatter the leaves onto bamboo mats mm-hmm. and let them dry naturally out um in the air and that process it sounds simple but there's a lot of nuances and complexity to it you know even to the way that you scatter onto the and what is the air like is it quite humid is it quite dry heat um well so the the place which i was staying at the um, tea master who had built uh, the facility had built a kind of traditional wooden structure and mm-hmm. it's done on the second floor where there's kind of a breeze mm-hmm. and a nice cool cool air that moves through that compartment okay so um actually for the withering and drying process you want to kind of avoid humidity because you're trying to
0: reduce the moisture, the moisture content yeah. yes. and i suppose with the humidity there's a risk of that rotting in some way yes there's moisture in it
1: but um, but actually oh. tea the tea plant itself thrives in
0: humidity okay so when it grows where it grows right. exactly that's interesting yeah wow so now that experience of yours what 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 were the thoughts in your mind that you decided that hey i'm going to focus on tea my life now um i
1: think well up until then i had known tea just from drinking it and i'm a very adventurous person i like to travel i like to meet people from different cultures and just learn And I sort of saw it as a fun opportunity for me to just go out there and get hands-on experience, talk to people, um, and just physically, you know, pick the leaves and process them myself. So... Um, I just sort of said to myself, I'm based in Hong Kong now. I'm close enough to all the tea farms. I mm-hmm. might as well just mm-hmm. hop on a flight and. <laughs> Is that something you still do?
0: Even uh, now, you always been stuff. Yes.
1: So now that I've uh, started the brand this year, um, I still try to travel to different tea farms every season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so maybe four, three or four times a year, depending on what teas I'm looking to learn about. Wow. So That's recently, um, I just came back from Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So the oolong tea process I was describing was from my um, partner producers in Taiwan. Um, So I was learning more about the oolong process there. And prior to that, In summer, I went to Fujian back to the white tea farm that I work with um, because they produce a rare jasmine tea every summer Mm -hmm. when the jasmine flowers uh, bloom and harvest. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to see how jasmine tea is made as well.
0: Now there's a very, um, you know, when you try teas, now for somebody who perhaps isn't a connoisseur as such Mm -hmm. as as yourself where you've tried lots of things, um, one tea and another tea might quite taste the same so how do you develop that palette to be able to distinguish some of those flavors
1: um i definitely would say it takes time um just experimenting with your own taste buds Um, so I would say like in the beginning, my palate was probably not as refined as it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, just from trying so many various kinds of tea and kind of learning the taste of each type of tea. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the best way is to just keep on tasting different teas and slowly you can kind of build your palate, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that you would kind of get overnight. Yeah. Um, but I would say that for people who are like foodies or maybe wine connoisseurs Mm -hmm. or into craft beer those kind of tasting buds can definitely translate over to tea tasting as well. They're
0: more adaptable. They can probably pick up on those Yeah, flavors. so they have a bit of a head start, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go on. So now, what was the most inspiring thing for you now? As yet, you know, you've come this far, you've done lots. What was the one thing that's kind of memorable that stayed in your mind? Oh, uh, so many moments on
1: my tea travels, just kind of seeing the passion and the dedication and the hard work behind you know, the tea production itself, like learning about the stories of the producers themselves, I find that very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And every producer's story is very different. Um, Because tea is such a traditional product, um, I'm hearing a lot of stories about like, you know, third generation, fourth generation family tea farms, Mm -hmm. and kind of the younger generation um, being obviously drawn more into city life. Mm -hmm. Um, but then kind of realizing that actually their family produces a really beautiful
0: product and gaining appreciation for it throughout. So do you think there is a bit of a move then where young people are taking a a, a renewed interest in that?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's kind of a new wave. Um, If you look at Taiwan, for example, um, there's quite a lot of new kind of younger mm, third, fourth generation uh, tea farmers and it's, it's a good direction, definitely. It takes education and appreciation for a traditional uh, agricultural product. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's necessary for the tea product t- to continue. Okay.
0: Now, some of the kind of, when we think about tea, I mean, when I think about tea, I'm now used to having, like, jasmine tea and lots of different Chinese teas, and I like green tea. Um, but I suppose traditionally in, say, um, in the UK um, and some parts of Europe, you know, uh, tea tends to be with milk mm-hmm. right? So what would you say about that in terms of what sort of tea should be you be drinking? Because you know I think people have been a little bit spoiled, well they just get these tea bags which mm-hmm. are really just probably the rubbish that's left over sometimes that, in yeah, these tea Yeah that's actually bags. exactly
1: it. What do you think? Um, yeah. Well there are finer tea bags out there you know the, the mesh ones with the larger loose mm-hmm. leaf that you can see what you're drinking but the vast majority of tea bags actually just use what's called dust grade
0: yeah
1: um so in the factories that means kind of the residue that's left at the yeah. bottom when they process the leaves. when you shake
0: the leaves and the bits that fall exactly. out probably. so
1: essentially like if you're eating from a
0: crisp packet
1: the, little,
0: the crisps at the bottom that's what you're having okay. for tea every day so you must be able to tell straight away I mean if I gave you a cup of tea like from a bag you'd go yeah. mm, well it's alright but it's not great it's, uh,
1: <laughs> it's usually quite a lot more bitter and that's kind of why you have to add the milk and sugar to um, make it more palatable okay um, and oftentimes the dust actually comes from the stem of the plant, not necessarily the leaf. Okay. So what falls to the bottom is actually from the stem, and so it's a lot more potent and strong and bitter. Okay. Um, so if you're if you're aiming to make like a tea latte or some kind of tea beverage, it's actually better to use kind of a lower grade tea like that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: if you want to drink it pure, I would definitely recommend loose leaf,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or at least you know transition into higher grade tea bags, and then you can move
0: into loose leaf. Okay. So what's the best cup of tea you've ever had then? Oh, the <laughs> you girl. probably had That's so, so many, I can, um, I can actually think of, although it probably wasn't any refined <laughs> tea, but uh, but I can tell you in a minute, but what would it, and uh, you brought some tea along with you too actually today, yeah, she's got yeah. thermos in front of her. I've, I've brewed us I, some chai today. Alright, great. Yeah. Okay, so what do you reckon? What um, was your best? Well, start? a
1: few that stand out, I guess. Um, all, all on my tea travels. Um, so, usually when I travel through China and Taiwan, mm-hmm. um, there will be a lot, a lot of tea, tea tasting and tea drinking. You know, you sit around a table, someone brews a tea, and um, you sip from these little tiny cups. Um, but I would say, I personally, I really love white tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and the white peony, which I offer through Tiwala, is one of my favorite teas to date. Um, and the first time I tried it, I was just, oh, it was just such a beautiful moment. I really, um, really loved it. The aroma, it was, it's very light and delicate, but it's got a very like floral and grapey aroma. Right. And until then, I had never tried anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, so obviously, so,
0: the tea picks up the flavors of the surroundings and things around it, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so where the like tea wine grows, and exactly. grapes, the mm-hmm. the region really matters. So the the soil, the terrar, they call it, Mm -hmm. the elevation, the weather conditions. Wow,
0: it's quite Um, a major art That I mean, we don't really think about it. We just make our cup of (laughs) tea, we don't think. Well, the best cup of tea, I'll tell you. Um, My best cup of tea, which probably wasn't a a wonderfully refined tea or anything, was after I gave birth to my children. (laughs) (laughs) That first cup of tea you have after you're so exhausted. And and in the UK, (laughs) what they do is like the solution for everything. You know, if you're feeling a bit funny, if you're feeling unwell or anything at all yes. the solution just seems to be to want a cup, a cup of, of tea, tea love <laughs> <laughs> so they give you this cup of tea after you've kind of given birth and you've been like you know and then you drink it and you think, oh my god that's so nice <laughs> yeah it's so nice it's such a relief um now so tea now you've brought some what have you brought with you here um, so you i've actually brought a chai You're welcome to pour it in yeah, front sure. of the camera there so it's, she's got um, a thermos
1: so it's a spiced tea. Uh, I work directly with an organic farm in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. and um, they, besides tea, they also grow really nice uh, spices, so mm-hmm. cinnamon, ginger, and clove.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so for Christmas, they uh, blended a kind of Christmas blend which is their black tea blended with uh, cinnamon, ginger, and clove. Okay. And uh, I've just brewed it today. Just infuse it in hot water, no milk and sugar. Okay. We tried it yesterday yeah, with yeah, milk yeah. and sugar, so you can try so it. So
0: this is, um, in a way, you know, in going back to India, like one of the teas that seems to be very popular is this whole masala chai. Yes. Which has all of the nice spices yes. and it's lovely. And then they put a reasonable amount of milk in it and sugar in it, so it's quite a lot a of sweet, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you have to eat a samosa. With it because yep, that. that just breaks it up a bit. So, is that a similar sort This almost seems like a version of mulled wine, but tea, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I wanted to brew it plain today so you can kind of taste sure. it without the milk and sugar. Okay, so let's have a look so at let's the have color. A... If you pour that on there, because you can't see the sort of color of it. You can pour it in front of the camera as you're just is pouring oh, this. Sorry. That's fine. Yeah, you there can pour you the, the other one. Right, I'm going to take that one. So, now what does this describe this again?
1: Uh, so it's a black tea with a blend of spices, um, cinnamon, ginger, and clove. So, um, and it comes directly from mm. a farm. From oh, I can really, I can,
0: I can taste the, I can feel taste the clove. The, yes. the clove is very there. Um, and I brought the leaves as well. And the cinnamon's lovely. Oh, that's really nice. That's yeah. very refreshing. And it's lovely and um, hot too. I was just want to say anything to the engineers that I am drinking tea in front of this, this desk um, the moment. And the oh, those are the those the are the leaves, leaves. Yeah. Right. So oh, we'll get a picture of those. Oh, you can kind of see yeah. like the little bits of um, yeah. dried yeah. spices. Uh huh. Yeah. And so they you know you just put uh, a couple of yes. spoons of that in, and then it just sits there in water for how long what's the best way to make a good cup of tea? Is it boiling water you put in or just about boiling water
1: um so again, it varies on the kind of tea that you're brewing uh if so i' I brewed black tea today, which generally needs this is nice
0: I'm really enjoying a it.
1: higher <laughs> thank you um a higher uh temperature uh, I still wouldn't use uh just off the boil water. I would let it sit for still about a few minutes, so mm-hmm. about ninety five um, I think I brew this about 1995. dollars 95 Gosh. Um, But then if you're brewing, like, a green tea or a white tea, you need something closer to about 80 mm-hmm. 75 80 Okay,
0: so not Not boiling. Because we just automatically get our yeah. kettle and pour it in. Yeah, exactly. So that, does that destroy some of the things?
1: It, it actually does, and that's the thing about... Um, so if you go for dim sum, for example, mm-hmm. um, because they're always in a rush yeah. and they just have, like, really, really hot boiling water, you order a jasmine green tea, for example, that actually should... Use lower temperature water, right. but they usually just throw on the boiling hot water, and that brings out quite a lot of bitterness. Ah, oh, it and does it get ruins, bitter actually. It yeah, and it hurt. ruins the aroma as well. Yeah. Um, so each kind of tea, uh, you need to kind of know the temperature. Okay. This one I brewed for about three, three to five minutes. Yeah. Right. So you
0: have to just kind of get that right. Once you get it right, I suppose you're absolutely fine. So now what would you say now you then set up you've done all of you've had all of this experience you've gone to plantations you've found out about tea then your aim was to set up your own you've got tea wala so tell me tea wala is a really nice indian it sounds very indian you Thank know because you. wala means the person who's doing yes. this so um tell me about tea wala um
1: so basically after i did the year of tea travels to various tea farms um i realized that i had a really great network of producers and I was drinking a lot of great tea, and I I wanted to kind of share that with other people. Um, And during that year, I was also documenting my travels on Instagram and kind of sharing in that way. But I wanted to share the, the physical tea product with people. And so I just decided to start start the brand. Mm-hmm. I had used the name Tiwala as my Instagram name for, for a couple of years mm-hmm. before then. Um, but my last name, Junjunwala. Oh, yeah. It goes so really well to, with that, doesn't few, it? Yeah, fuse yeah. like um, tea. But, you know, you've heard of Chaiwala. Yeah, Chaiwala is um, quite... But I wanted to use tea because it's more kind of understood worldwide mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like a f- modern
0: fusion brand as well. Sure. So, so what do you aim to do with this? Are you just trying to... Um, Change people's palates, get them to look into tea a little bit more, and to appreciate the more refined stuff. Yeah, a lot
1: about a lot of it is about appreciation. Um, So the thing about when you drink tea on a regular basis, you don't know like where usually you don't know where exactly it comes from, Mm -hmm. when it was harvested. Usually, it's not very fresh. Actually, Mm -hmm. Um, you might it might be. A year old, a couple years old, you're not really sure about that. Okay. Um, So my mission is kind of twofold. On the front end, um, I want to kind of bring fresh and authentic teas to people who enjoy tea and want to appreciate and learn more about tea. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And on the flip side, I also want to bring appreciation to the producers who you know spend hours and hours yeah, crafting right. a beautiful tea that's right so I want to kind of pay tribute to, to that work
0: um, and those families as well right well you're you're doing a fantastic job of it we've got a couple of minutes left let me just ask you what has been just tell me what has been the most challenging part of it for you and what has been the most rewarding part of this journey of yours
1: um I think in terms of challenges I've been pretty lucky, like, it's been received quite well, um, the kind of the concept, the tease, the branding. Um, but I think just do- doing everything on my own. Um, I'm very independent as a person, and so I tend to like to do, you know, everything on my own, but just kind of also... Um, reaching out to friends, uh, family for, for help. For example, yesterday at the market, my sisters came yeah. and helped. Um, so kind of knowing when when I need help.
0: Okay. So um, knowing that you need help and to ask for exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that's kind of been a
1: personal challenge for me. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of rewards, I mean, it's it's rewarding. It's very rewarding in a lot of ways. Um, so I get a lot of satisfaction and, and the feeling of rewarding from um my travel so when i you know speak to the producers and 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 see the tea workers and have interactions with them i find that very rewarding you know just having laughs with them at the farms um and talking to them on a personal basis um and then also from the customer standpoint um just receiving really nice messages from oh.
0: customers who really enjoy Great. the tea Well, thank you so much for being my mover and shaker today. And if you want to see a little bit more, you can go to my Facebook page. And there's lots of pictures up there of her travels and the tea and details of how you can find out more. Mona, thank you very much.
2: Thank you
1: so much. And
0: enjoy your cup of tea. I will. (laughs)